Good morning. Glad you're here. Welcome, kids. This is what we do when you're over there in Kid Zone most of the time. Glad you're with us. I'm sure you'll be looking forward to next week <laughs> as we move along. Uh, those were some street interviews in New York City. People were answering the question, what is the meaning of life? The most important thing you can do during your lifetime is to discover the answer to this question. What is the reason for me? Why do I exist? That is a crucial question. So today we're starting a message series we've titled The Reason for Me. Uh, We're going to be talking about this most important pursuit that we can go on, that we can take, go after in our lifetime. Purpose Driven Life is a wildly popular book uh, that was written by Rick Warren, whom I went to college with, actually. Um, The book topped the Wall Street Journal bestseller charts as well as Publishers Weekly charts, sold over 30 million copies by 2007. Uh, Purpose Driven Life was also on the New York Times bestseller list for over 90 weeks. The first line of the book, it's interesting, the first line of the book has impacted a lot, uh, many people, a lot of people from what I understand. It's not about you. That's the very first line of the book. It's found in uh, a chapter called, It All Starts With God. Uh, this is a picture of my, first page of my book. Purpose Driven Life book. On page one, Rick also quotes Bertrand Russell, a British philosopher and logician, and among other things, historian, all kinds of stuff. Um, he said, unless you assume a God, the question of life's purpose is meaningless. That That is logically true. <laughs> if you work it all out, think, take, take, Take assuming there is no God to its logical conclusion, this this is where you end up. You end up, life is meaningless. Many, many people, many philosophers, uh, Nishi comes to mind. Um, they, they ended up there. They ended up in despair because of their belief that there was no God. In this series, we're going to look at the meaning that God brings to life every day if you include him in your thinking and living. So that's what this series is all about. We may not be asking the purpose question every day, but there are times when the question haunts most of us. It, it just it, it grips us and it, it holds us captive. Uh, we have a need to know why we've been put here on earth. We, we really do. When we discover our meaning, life takes on a whole new dimension. If you're not yet following Christ, I think this series will help you discover what the Bible says about this most important question. If you're already a Christ follower, it should be a reminder and help to clarify God's purpose for life that provides meaning, even though it's easy to get distracted by life itself, by all all the stuff that we've got to take care of and do. 
very easy to get distracted. But in this series, I hope to show how meaningful life can be when you find your purpose in God, when you find your maker and live for the purpose he made you to live for. The first thing the Bible shows us is we exist to seek God. We didn't always need to seek God. When he made the first couple, he walked and talked with them. He, he came, he drew close to them, but the first man and woman decided to live, to try to live life independent of God, and all of us have made the same decision. This choice is what the Bible calls sin. Sin separates us from God. So now we have to search for God and find Him. But not everyone on earth is searching. Many people don't make it a priority. But one reason I exist ever since the first man and woman made their decision to separate from God, the first reason I exist is to find God. Here's a picture from Psalm 53 too. It says, God's looking down. This is the picture. God's, God's looking at what's going on in the world. And it says, He looks down from heaven on the children of man to see if there are any who understand who seek after God. This is what God's hoping to find. People who are seeking Him. Who are seeking to know Him. The next verse in that passage says that all people have fallen away. In our native condition, We don't seek God. We're trying to figure life out without Him. This theme is found throughout the entire Bible. King David was a king of Israel who was considered a man after God's own heart. He sought God and found Him and then set out to live for Him. Like you and I, he certainly wasn't perfect. His flaws are right there as you read his story in the Bible. But he did know some things about seeking and finding God, and he had an incredibly strong faith. During his reign as king, he became incredibly wealthy, very powerful, very wealthy. Since he loved God and wanted to honor him, he asked the Lord if he could build a temple for him that his people could worship in. And until this time, God's people worshipped in a tent. This It was called the tabernacle, and this is a picture of a a rendition of what it would have looked like. Um, This is the tabernacle, and this represented God's house, God's presence on the earth. It's pretty cool. Um, But David lived in a palace, (laughs) and so he's thinking, well, I live in a palace. I should make a, a glorious temple for God. And God told him he wouldn't be the one to make it, but his son Solomon would be the one to build the temple. And at the end of David's reign, and at the end of his life, when he was giving a charge to his son Solomon, who was beginning his reign, we see the priorities of a man after God's own heart. Look at First Chronicles 28.9. And you, Solomon, my son... Know the God of your father and serve him with a whole heart and with a willing mind. For the Lord searches all hearts and understands every plan and thought. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will cast you off forever. Now, here's some good news. 
if we seek God, we will find him. That is very good news. <laughs> that is incredibly good news. The first step in finding God is seeking him. In a chilling dose of reality, however, David makes it clear that God honors our choice to either seek him or forsake him. The Bible says that God gives us life. We only get one, one life, and he wants us to seek him and find him during our lifetime. However, God allows you and I to choose whether to seek him or not. He is not going to force you and I to pursue knowing him, finding him, knowing him. God allows you and I to choose whether or not to seek him, and then he honors the decision we make throughout eternity. This is the picture you see in the Bible. This is what the Bible says. This life is the only chance you have to seek God and find him. If, if you seek him in this life and decide to give your life back to him, he draws close, reveals himself to you. And you have the opportunity to continue in a friendship that lasts on through eternity. If you forsake him or choose not to seek him, you're separated from him for eternity based on the choice you made in this life. This is the picture you see in Scripture. This is what it says. This is why seeking and knowing God is the most important pursuit of your lifetime. The need to seek God is a thread that runs throughout the Bible, and I want to take you to a sermon. Uh, Those passages I read were in the Old Testament. Um, This passage is in the New Testament. I want to take you to a sermon the Apostle Paul preached in Athens to people who loved philosophy and kicking around the latest ideas about life and the meaning of life. In the Oropagus in Athens, where he was speaking, they had an altar to the unknown God just to make sure that they had all their bases covered. That was important to them, so they had this, this altar. Here's one of the things he taught in that sermon, Acts 17, 26 through 27. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place, that they should seek God and perhaps perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. Yet he is actually not far from each one of us. What you learn in this passage is that God put us on this planet. He put us in a specific place. He determined the boundaries of our dwelling place. He gave us the address where we live. And it's no accident that you were born in the part of the world you were born in. It's it's no accident that you live where you do right now. God put us in the world. We settle in. We might enjoy the scenery of the place where we live. has, Has it been breathtaking, the view of the mountain this past week when it's clear? I I love that. I, I, I love specific things about life in Southern California. You know, you can go to the beach, you can go, you can go to, well, sorry, the, the beach is, I think, that way. 
The mountains are that way, right? <laughs> anyway, you can go to the mountains, you can go to the beach, you can, you, if you want to, you can. I used to have the energy to do those things. But uh, anyway, I love that. I love the city. I love the pace of life. I love living here. We, we enjoy the beauty of God's handiwork in our specific location where we live, yet still there's something lacking. There's a void. There's a void we experience in life that has a God shape to it. No one or no thing can fill this void except God. Whenever I think of that, the fact that we have this God-shaped void, I think of this toy. Did you ever play with this toy? I, I, I played with kids and grandkids with this toy. Um, but the interesting thing about this toy is it's, it's a part of a toddler's development to learn that certain shapes fit in certain places. And it sort of mirrors what God hopes that we do. He hopes that we seek him and figure out that there's a place in our heart that only he can fill. He wants us to search for him and find him. The way people are, we try to fit all kinds of things into the God void in our heart. Uh, the author of a book I'm reading says, we look horizontally for what can only be found vertically. So we look around us. We try to fill the God void with many other things besides God. With people, with family or friends or someone of importance we know. We try to fill it with work or accomplishments. We live to create an ultimate set of circumstances that we can enjoy for the rest of our lives and I don't know. I've, I'm not very successful at pulling any set of circumstances together. <laughs> yeah, you just kind of get up in the morning and let's see how today goes. See what happens. When we try to fill the void horizontally, we expect too much from people, from endeavors, and from circumstances. We're trying to get from these things what only God can give. And we end up disappointed. If we refuse to seek God in this lifetime, we remain unsettled. This may explain why some people move around and wander. They're looking for purpose and meaning that can't be found unless we seek and find the God who made us. If we find God and his purpose, we figure out it's not about me. And we quit expecting too much out of the people, the projects, the endeavors, and the organizations that we're a part of. We know they can't give us what only God can give. In short, when we find God, we find our purpose. Jesus was constantly being challenged by his critics, chief of whom were the political and religious power brokers of his day. And this, I'm going to get into... Uh, this passage, which really is the framework for this whole series. Matthew 22 is an interesting chapter in one of the four biographies of Jesus' life. 
It's the chapter of challenges, we'll say. Um, he's being challenged by several of his enemies, several different groups of people. And he met each of these challenges with brilliant answers that astonished those listening to the interchange between he and his enemies. Uh, I'd like to zero in on the third challenge in this chapter. It's from the Pharisees who were, they were the religious and political conservatives of their day. Uh, he, he was attacked from the, both the left and the right. And this is an attack from the conservatives who were concerned about God's law. Here it is, Matthew 22, 34 through 40. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, the Sadducees were the more liberal, they gathered together. So the Pharisees get together, and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him, to try to trap him. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said to to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and prophets. Simply put, Jesus makes our purpose in life very clear. (laughs) It is to love God, number one, to love our neighbors as ourselves, number two. This, This is both clear and brilliant. Jesus answers his critics and uncovers our great purpose in life. He says, on these two commandments depend all the law and prophets. Another translation says, all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. It's like they're two pegs, you know, where you have a, a, a coat rack with two pegs and you hang one set of commands on this one and one set of commands on this one. Loving God and loving people. Our great purpose in life is to seek God, to find him, and then begin to love him. To love him to the extent that it impacts the way that you relate to the people around you. This, this is why we're made. This is what he made us for. The law and the prophets are, are the major sections of the Bible where God lays out what is expected of people. In other words, the, the Bible has two pegs on which we can hang all of God's commands. Love God, love your neighbor as yourself. When we find God, we discover a treasure trove of meaning. And when, when you find him, when you seek God, when you find him, the rest of your life, you begin to unpack. Hopefully, you begin to unpack the treasure that he's given you in relating to him. We need to keep seeking to know God better and live for his purpose, but that's how you unpack it. If we get up in the morning and ask the question, how can I show love to God today and how can I show love to my neighbors? We live with purpose and we find the meaning that God made us to experience in this life. Our neighbors are the people right in front of us. We're going to look at a story Uh, in a couple of weeks 
that show us how to define neighbor. So over the next few weeks, we're going to mine the treasure in these very clear commands that bring all the meaning to life that you and I desire. And I hope this message and this series encourage you to pursue the answer to this most important question. What is the reason for me? Why, why do I exist? Why, do I, why should I get up and get out of bed in the morning? What is it that God wants me to focus on and what wants me to do with my life? That, that should be the highest priority is to figure this out, is to answer the question. But we're very easily distracted. It's, it's so incredibly easy to get distracted from this most important pursuit of our lifetime. When I think of distraction, I think of the movie Up. Up's a fun movie. Highlights the tendency to get distracted in life through the character Doug the Dog. <clears throat> Doug the Dog. Here's a clip I'd like us to watch together. <clears throat> Hey. You were talking to a rock. Hey, that one looks like a turtle. Look at that one. That one looks like a dog. Oh, it is a dog. What? Oh, we're not allowed to have dogs in my apartment. Hey, I like dogs. We have your dog. Whoa. Wonder who he belongs to. Sit, boy. Hey, look, he's trained. Shake. Uh-huh. Speak. Hi there. Look. Did that dog just say hi there? Oh, yes. My name is Doug. I have just met you, and I love you. My master made me this collar. He is a good and smart master, and he made me this collar so that I may talk. Squirrel! We have a tendency to get distracted. Squirrel! <laughs> That's, that's how we are. We understand that. You're trying to focus. You're trying to do your work. You're trying to do something, and whoa, something else comes to mind. You're distracted. You're off track, and you're wasting time. Very easy to get distracted by less important things. Doug, he's a cute cartoon character, but I want to encourage you to make seeking and finding God your number one pursuit. In life, If you're not yet following Christ, the Bible says there's a lot riding on finding him, on your decision to seek him or not. Your eternal destiny is at stake. If you find God, he'll give you purpose and meaning in all of life. You get up in the morning, you have a reason to live. You have a reason for being. As you live for God and his purpose for your life, It comes together rather than unravels. That's my experience. As I've followed God, more and more over time, my life gets more integrated. It's it's not unraveling. It's, It's coming together. And there's purpose and meaning for the life I have. When you find God... The seeking doesn't end. You you seek God to find him, 
But then after you find him, you seek God to know him. You keep seeking him. You keep seeking to know him better. If you're already a Christ follower, seek to know God more each day and live for his purpose. This is what you're made to do. I've been reading a book. It's called New Morning Mercies by Paul Tripp. I like a statement I read the other day. It's referring to God. The universe is his. Designed to function according to his purpose and plan, that includes you and me. We were not made to live independent, self-directed lives. I found this to be true. When we find God, we find our purpose. We're going to see how this works out during this series. As I wrap up this morning, I'd like to ask the worship team to join me on stage. And as they're doing that, would you consider taking one of these next steps this week? My next step today is to make it my number one priority to seek and find God. Maybe that hasn't been high on your list, but I'm going to make that my number one priority to seek and find him. And then another step you could take is to seek to know God better each day and live for his purpose. Next week, we're going to talk about how do I love God? How, how do I do that? And we're going to find the answer in a, another passage that Jesus taught in. Um, and so that's, that's an important step. Seek to know God better each day and live for his purpose. And then finally, attend the rest of this series at Church in the Valley to discover the reason for me or to be reminded, or to clarify, so that we can focus and not be as distracted. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you so much for your goodness and kindness to us. Thank you, God, for the grace that you pour out, for giving us the freedom to live our lives the way that, you, the way that we choose. And I pray that, God, you'd put it in our hearts to choose to seek you, to find you, or to know you better as we move along through life. We ask for this help in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.